When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. And buddy, we got something to talk about tonight. (laughs) Oh, fucking time. God damn. It's funny because probably 30 minutes before the trades announced, I was thinking like, oh, maybe Ryan and I should have a pod tonight and discuss like, you know, drafting for need versus drafting for best, you know, BPA, best player available and all that. And then that shit just went out the window. So now we have something to actually talk about. Um, If you've been living under a rock, I'm going to simply recap it. Um, I, I seem to be having microphone issues for whatever reason, so so bear with me. Basically, the Saints traded their 18th pick in the draft to the Eagles. They got the 16th overall pick. They got the 19th overall pick from the Eagles. And in doing so, they send pick 18 to the Eagles, their third-round pick this year to the Eagles, their seventh-round pick this year to the Eagles, a 2021 first round pick and a 2024 second round pick. The Saints now have the 16th overall pick in the draft as well as the 19th overall pick in the draft. And this, and I guess we should talk about they have a sixth round pick 194 that they got from the Eagles as well. Uh the draft just got a lot more exciting, and we are going to be in Vegas for these fireworks to see it unfold. Oh. I will. I want to say this. I'm going to say this, and I'm. I'm trying. I don't think this is hyperbole, but this is one of the biggest trades in the Saints' history as an organization in terms of importance. I agree. I, I don't want to under like understate that like this <laughs> this draft it was huge before right like we we talked about how huge they have to do with this draft to completely ch- change the tenor of the team um, and by doing this you have more bites at the apple but if you don't hit. You gotta hit, baby. Gotta hit. You gotta hit. Um, so, just what were your your initial thoughts when when I you know when you heard about about the trade? I mean, first I had to read it like eight times. Like, <laughs> what? like we did what? <laughs> but then after the dust settled, it's like okay, like you know, this is like I know the the you know the um, draft value nerds. Oh boy! Oh, the Eagles! Oh the Eagles boy. got all oh, the Saints got shafted. Blah 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 blah. They already out, bro. They already out. Oh, don't care. I don't care. Because when it, this stuff, like, like I don't see how these people still fall for this stuff. This stuff here does not matter. It's all about the players. All about the players. It's all that matters at the end of the day. So when I saw that, the first thing came to mind is like, okay. They, they've made a decision that they want to go. They want to retool through the draft. They've made that decision. Like they've made that decision that this year, 
You know, they're not going to spend a lot of money, but they want to use the draft to, uh, you know, to fill the gaps, build the talent on the team. Um, Because, you know, they're kind of up against the wall with the cap. Um, It's starting to look like they want to, you know, not be like super cap conservative, but just kind of clean the house a little bit, um, kind of get things in order. So, it, you know, if that's the case, you know, that's a smart move to make a move like this because you can get two – if you get if you get two first-round picks, you got control of two players on cheap-ass contracts for five years. You know, if the first-round picks, you hope they are, you know, really good starters. Um, and, you you know, you got we got like a couple picks in the top 50, got a couple picks in the top 100, you know, so – you have a chance to really inject some talent into your team. Um, so that that's what got me excited. It was just like, okay, they have a chance to really inject talent. And not only that, you know, they have a chance to target someone if they really feel they need to, which, you know, we'll get to that later. But it just opens up the possibilities for the team. It completely, it completely opens up the possibilities for the team. Uh, thank you for, for just kind of putting that out of commission. If the Saints hit on these two picks in the first round, and if one of those picks happened to be a quarterback, doesn't matter. Two, 2024 second round pick, next year's first round pick, it does not matter. The Saints, in theory, right? If you go, if listeners of this podcast go back, just go back to the mock draft similar to Ryan and I did, right? In that Malik Willis draft, we essentially did a, to a degree, right? They moved like we moved up in the draft, blah, blah. But like thought exercises, we just did something similar when we were doing the mock draft similar, right? We gave up a future first round pick to go up and draft Malik. Now, Again, ask, ask Kansas City, right? You think the Chiefs, as an organization or as fans, when they traded up a future first round pick to get Patrick Mahomes, that they care about that future first round what, pick? What, where did, who, who, who like, what, what was even that pick? Like, who, who cares? Right. Who, who does, does not matter? It literally doesn't matter if you hit on the pick. And I can't understate this. If the pick is a quarterback and you hit on that pick, and I, I'm not even saying that the quarterback has to be Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. No, they could be no, no. Matt. They could be Mac Jones. Didn't the, Patriots, didn't the Patriots trade up for Mac Jones? No, they stayed at fifteen. Oh, they stayed back. They stayed at fifteen. Right, stayed back. Right. Yeah. Um, my initial reaction was one, oh shit. Two, there is not besides Da. There was, there is, well, so let me word this correctly. Besides DA, the person in the organization that has the most pressure on them is Jeff Hyrule. Mm-hmm. You know, he interviewed for that Bears GM job. He didn't get it. You know, there was some interest in him as a GM this, this last interview cycle. Um, interviewed, didn't get the job came back and he if if there's like some super secret type of succession plan where like Mickey gets bumped up to uh whatever higher title than GM and he has a nice cushy job and then Jeff Ireland gets a bit elevated to GM can't talk tonight it has to be because of this draft right because a lot of the excellence of the 2017 draft came from Jeff Ireland and the scouts and that was a home run draft, but you can have a home run draft. If you don't main, if you don't keep that talent that you drafted kind of becomes mute. <laughs> right. Marcus Williams gone. Trigger Trey gone. Um, Aquadine Muhammad gone. Um, and they're all like trigger Trey had a great season. Marcus Williams is a, is a great young player. Aquadine Muhammad's like a starter in the league. A starter at, at defensive end. And he was drafted yeah. like in the fourth round. Um, so there's so much pressure on Jeff Ireland for this upcoming draft. And 
we've seen before when the Saints had two picks, they had two picks in 2015. That was the Pete and Stephon Anthony draft. Um, <laughs> they had two picks in 2011. That was like, they have to have another 2011 type of draft. They got to get a Cam Jordan and a Mark Ingram, you know, type of players. Um, but my other thought I had is I, and it kind of coincides because I tweeted it because it was my first initial thought. And I said, I think they're targeting a quarterback and I think they're targeting a wide receiver. Then, and I tweeted it just, you know, you know how it is thought exercise, just whatever goes from your, your mind to Twitter. And then Tony Pauline, you know, all draft insider. Tony's already spoiling goddamn picks in the draft, bro. When you mean you in Vegas, go pull up them Tony tweets. I'm telling you. <laughs> he said, you know, the, the Panthers going to draft Charles Frost. You know, Trevor Penny's not going to get past the Ravens. Tony, we got three weeks left, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But he tweets basically, or quote tweets, um, that the Saints, you know, wanted to come away in this draft with a quarterback and a wide receiver, and that make by making this move, they they are essentially ensuring themselves that they can get both potentially, potentially. Um, we talked about it. We hammered it so hard on this podcast for so long about like what's the vision, blah blah. I think we got some of the answer today because all these moves that they've made in free agency, even today, right? Like these are goodwill shopping moves, bro. Jaleel Johnson, Taco Charlton, Uh Jordan Evans, former second round pick that the Bucks drafted a couple of picks after Marcus Williams. He's been out of the league for two years, bro. This is (laughs) goodwill shopping. And, you know, they brought back PJ. We didn't have, we haven't had an episode since PJ been brought back. Thank God. Thank God. PJ's back. And all of their free agent moves, besides Jameis, has all been on the defensive side of the ball. And I think what their vision is, and I could we, we could be wrong, but I think their plan is, like you kind of said, in this draft, we're going to go offensive heavy. You know, maybe not every pick's going to be an offensive pick, but the majority of them will be, unless there's like a player that's just – above and beyond in terms terms of their, you know, their board. But they have set themselves up well to completely change the direction and the the face of the team. Yes. That's the exciting part. Like, if they really go offense, not even every pick, but say four picks is offense. You know, that's that's going to be huge, man. You know, especially if it's a quarterback. Um, if you get a quarterback and a wide receiver, that's going to be huge, man. It's like, and it's just, one of the one of the biggest moves that I'm going to cut you. One of the biggest moves that they were able to do in this trade is that they didn't they didn't give up their second round pick this year. Exactly. That's you know, that was key because this is, wide receiver draft is deep, like. I, look, I would love them to take a, a wide receiver in the first round, but it got if it's not in the first round, it got to be in the second round. Got to be in the second round. I think what this move signaled to me is, again, we've talked about before, bro. You know, back in the day, you ever on a day nap and you just you just thirsty, bro. You just swiping right on every single thing. I don't think on their board, I don't even think they, like, I'm not saying they don't care which wide receiver is going to be there, but I think that the grades or maybe the grades that they have on the cloud, the cloud, the cloud, right. I think they have so many wide receivers graded similarly in that cloud. They may like, shit, we'll get one. Right. I mean, you picking, you picking 16 and what else? 19? 19. 16 to 19. You're going to have wide receivers there. It's just a yep. fact. Period. Quality wide receivers. So, you know, if they got three three wide receivers, if they got three wide receivers at 16 and a quarterback, they could take the quarterback. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Sure can. Mm-hmm. Because they know they still could get one of their wide receivers that's in the cloud and a couple picks later. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's it just it just gives, it just opened up opportunities. It just opened up so many opportunities to where you can kind of free flow and do what you will, man. So I'm hoping that they stay in pet. Yes, talk about it. Instead of moving up, um, yes. You know, look if they love a quarterback, if they really love Kenny Pickett on Malik Wilson, and he starts falling, he gets past Seattle and Carr and Washington and whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and they love him, and they just feel like they're gonna get him. Look, okay. I mean, I respect that. Like, if you have conviction about a you know a position that as as important as the quarterback, I love it. But if they could find a way to stand pat and be patient, patient, bro, and just let it come to them, like a Kenny Pickett with his little small hands, you know. And you know, I was thinking about after you said that, it reminded me of fucking scary movie two, bro, with Chris Elliott's character. Chris <laughs> I swear I was gonna use the gift, man. If you went to like the Falcons, can you pick him into the Falcons? No, um, I think, and this this is something you and I have talked about offline through text messages. You you texted this to me three weeks ago, give or take, and you said, and it was such a salient point, and I think we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but you said that quarterbacks of the elk of Kenny Pickett typically get drafted where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that and I was like, it's especially in today's 2022 um, way that people evaluate quarterbacks like that, the whole being a pocket passer, bro, if you ain't, if you ain't dazzling, dazzling, you ain't got that big arm and juking people and make off like you, you old news, bro. <laughs> Boring. You are not, you know, you are not, you're not making us rise to the occasion, man. It's like, it's like and, show me more. And you talked about being patient. And we talk, we kind of talked, you know, we hope, you know, they have conviction, then you got to go up and get your guy. But I really feel like if they tr- can try to, because it's hard, bro. Like, I, I can't imagine what it's like in that draft room. <laughs> but just, because it's basically you're basically playing a game of live chicken. That's that's what it is. And New England did it last year. They stayed packed. They they stayed at 15. They didn't they didn't go up. They just waited, 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 waited. Boom, Matt Jones fell in their lap. Boom. The Saints. If you listen, to Michael Lombardi were trying to trade up from like the twi- like the late twenties to jump up to get Matt Jones. Yeah, man. So if they could. And again, we have no idea where these quarterbacks are going to are going to go. Um, and but I do believe that there is a possibility that when all the smoke clears, and you know, especially with Tony already putting things up, bro. Because if you, I'll say this, right? Tony is not right all the time. Speaking of Tony Pauline, but he is right often enough. If you believe what he tweeted today about Charles Cross being like the offensive tackle being the pick at six, like you could really start to envision Kenny Pickett just oh just yeah, fall, just falling because he only has he has very few options. Very, it's Carolina, it's Seattle, Washington, but I really don't get the sense that Washington's going to no draft a first round quarterback. When they just gave up two thirds for like that goes to, like it's not as big as a sunken sunken fallacy cost, but there's there's still some sunken fallacy cost. Yeah, you gave up two thirds for Carson Wentz, like right. you got to you got to figure that out. And, and Kenny Pickett because Seattle just it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Like it, I just don't see it. Like it just doesn't fit at all to me for some reason. Like I just can't see it. You know, so you exclude them. It's like who else? Um, it's it's. I mean, no pun intended, but it is. It's, it's slim pickings. Um, so I couldn't like. I, so I, I just pulled up the 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 draft order. Maybe like the Texans at thirteen 
feel like they have the luxury to take an act, you know, take a quarterback, but I, that doesn't feel right too. But like I said, if he gets past six and he gets past, you know, eight Atlanta, he gets past nine. Unless the team just loves him and the saints get sniped again, like they did with Patrick Mahomes, bro. Like there's a huge possibility he could be right there at 16. And I keep going back to that little blurb we saw where uh, Kenny Pickett had said the toughest interview he had was the Saints. Mm, talk about it. So, I mean, that just tells you they were really grilling. doing their homework. Like, they were grilling. They wanted to know if this guy can be the face of the franchise. And look, we saw him up in person at the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. <clears throat> like, as far as, like, just the aura and look, like, he looks like a yes. <laughs> straight-up franchise QB he, I, I'm I, I'm 100% he, sure if he had, like, normal, like, nine-inch hands, like, he would probably be, you know, top 10 easily. And top 10. Oh, I believe it. And I, I think I've been making the comparison for Kenny Pickett to, like, I kind of said, like, a more athletic, likable Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think a better description for him is if, he, if his, like, ceiling ceiling – is he could be Ryan Tannehill. Now, yeah. whatever you think of Ryan, like, t- I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill, the, the Titans version of Ryan Tannehill. Whatever you think about Ryan Tannehill as a player, like, is he, does he elevate players around him? Uh, I don't know. But he's done enough to, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, like, period. Yeah. Period. Going to be, going to be until his late 30s. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's so many ways that they can go with these picks. Someone, you know, tweeted at me like, what if they just double dipped and went Robinson on both picks? Back to they with Jamison Williams and Chris Olave, bro. Uh-huh. They couldn't keep me on the st- off the stage, bro. They did that. <laughs> right on the stage, bro. <laughs> I'm going to jail that night. <laughs> Gonna bail me out, son. <laughs> um, you know, there's so I so people keep you know my mentions. I think the plan, you know, I tweeted this. Pauline tweeted, reported it. He didn't tweet; he reported it. I think the plan is to try to go quarterback, wide receiver. If a quarterback's gone, I think really at that point it's wide receiver, and then whoever is the best player available in their cloud. They could go, because now they could go wide receiver. Maybe Kyle Hamilton slips. They go wide that's receiver. Go ahead. No, that's the thing. Like, I think they want to go wide receiver, but if there's like a Kyle Hamilton there, man, they're going to get Kyle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get him, bro, man. To, to quote it, it is written. I, and I, let, let's say – so it's just it's so interesting to me how this can go in terms of pairings. You know, my favorite pairing, and this is a, a not going to happen because I, I don't see it happen. But my favorite pairing would be a Malik Willis and Jamison Williams pairing, bro. <laughs> but if we don't go that route, and I think the more right realistic pairing is like Kenny Pickett and. Jamison Williams or a Kenny Pickett and like a, a Kyle Hamilton, and then in the second round, you get your wide receiver. Then you have still completely transfixed the entire tenor of the offense. Yeah. Assuming Kenny Pick works out. Like I have to put that obviously as a as a caveat. Like he has to, they have to hit and he has to be good. I keep like people keep getting my mentions talking about like this quarterback class being weak and blah blah. Can, can y'all can y'all please if you if you're gonna get my mentions if you listen to this podcast you don't get my mentions. Go go watch some of his games, right? When we talk about players, again, keep in mind they're just opinions, right? Like we're just humans watching humans, and we sometimes we're right, and when we're right, we're really right. Sometimes we're wrong, we're really wrong. Sorry, Pete Warner, um, but. Just go watch Kenny Pickett's games because everyone's getting my mentions about it's, it's a weak class, it's a quarterback class, it's good. Go watch some games, man. Like this whole just repeat narratives, man. I hate that's this. It. 
It's like I you do that with anything. Like not even football. Like they do that with like politics, politics. And, and whatever, bro. Like just repeating what they keep hearing. But it's like, look, you just there's context. Like you gotta get the context and just not repeat the, the damn narrative. Kenny Pickett started a shitload of games. If he would have came to the draft last year, he probably would have went in uh, day three. Um, this year, he got better. Like Just like Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow would have came out the year before he came out, probably been a day three quarterback. He came back, a shitload of talent. They had Joe Brady. And he played well. He just got better. Like This is what happens with players sometimes. They actually get better. And he got better, just like Kenny Pickett. He got better. He became a better player. Um, so, you know, the knock on him, he, look, NFL teams, when it comes to quarterbacks in the first round, particularly the first round, they like this. They like big, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", super athletic, can run, can move, super big arm. Those are the things they look for. Now, if you go look at the history of the, you know, top 10 draft quarterbacks over the past 20 years or whatever, that picture is ugly, bro. Like, it's not (laughs) – like, there are not a lot of franchise quarterbacks in that list. That's just the facts, you know, because there's so many things that play into it. It's where you get drafted. Um, Look, athleticism, that's a great thing to have. Athleticism, big arm, all those are great. But really – comes down to what's between your head. Yep. Can you make nice can you throw the ball? Can you, you know, can you make nice throws? Can you adjust and uh anticipate stuff like that? We know this. We play we <laughs> Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame. Like <clears throat> we we know this. We've had this type of quarterback. And that's not even saying Kenny Pickett is that type of quarterback because he has like a good arm. He doesn't have like a cannon. But he has like a real good arm, and he and has he's like athleticism. He's, he's like, athletic. He's not like a, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not like he's like this Brady like statue in the pocket. Like no, this dude moves in the pocket, man. Like and he's way more athletic than Mac Jones is. Way yeah, more. Oh, it's no question. It's no question. Because remember last year, the question with Mac Jones like he's playing behind this NFL offensive line and like, all these receivers, all these receivers. Like what is he gonna do? Like Kenny Pickett, you can go and watch him. He's playing behind like I didn't have a bad offensive line. But you know, he there it was times. It wasn't Alabama though. It wasn't Alabama at all. So he had to make things happen a lot. And you can go see him make things happen. That question is checked. Like that question was a check with Meg Jones. We saw how he did, and you know, in NFL he did solid. But you know, that that question is checked with me with um with Kenny Pickett. Um, my literally my only question with Kenny Pickett is a hand size. He had what twenty seven plus fumbles or something like that. Some people say 30-plus. I don't know. I don't know what the true number is. He had a lot of fumbles. Now, the NFL, I did a little research. NFL regulation ball is bigger in pro football. Yes. And had a, has a higher pressure, you know, PSI. It was a, it was all Jamar Chase thing, remember? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know how to answer that. Like, that's, like, super inside of football stuff that I just hope the Saints figure that shit out. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they work. But I just know watching the kid, the kid can fucking play quarterback. He should be Easy. good. I, I have him like a tick above Mac Jones, and I like Mac Jones. I have a tick above a tick above Mac Jones, you know, is if Mac Jones is coming out right now. You know yes. what I'm saying? And I, that's I, good. That's good. Like I believe he is a better prospect than Mac Jones. Like it's not a huge difference, but I do believe he's a better prospect than Mac Jones. Right, right. That's a problem. Let let's talk about we're talking about briefly. We're talking about pairings before we move on. What is what is your favorite potential pairing that this? I, I, I'll, I'll add the caveat caveat of like a realistic pairing that the Saints you hope the Saints walk away from with this with this draft with these two picks if they keep yeah, them both. I mean, to me, you got that first two first round picks, man. You get Pickett and you get Jameson. That's it, bro. That's it. <laughs> like, look, okay, your 2022 season might not be all that. You know what I'm saying? Because because Pickett would likely, obviously, be red shirted unless he get red shirted unless something happens. 
to Jameis. And even if something happened to Jameis, I can feel them saying, like, man, we might just stick with Andy Dalton. But the first thing, first thing I tweeted, bro, but one of the first thing I tweeted out this trade is if you if they really bad next year, that top that 2023 pick a top five pick. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> Oh, but and you know, you, you go, go get Jameson, and look, he's gonna be ready this year. It's not like you're gonna have to redshirt him either. He's gonna be correct, he's gonna start camp on the PUP or something like that. But he's, I say, probably about week two, week three. If there's no, you know, nothing comes, you know, nothing happens, he's gonna be ready to go, man. Oh, you can't week two, week three. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm thinking like week six or seven. What, what I happened? I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. Like, if he start on the PUP and but man, these dudes get man, these dudes get healthy, man. Modern medicine's a motherfucker, bro. It's it's but it's something else. So you know he's going if he's going to be able to contribute with Jameis, you know, and man, you know, Jameis, Jameis, Jameis to Jameson gonna have commentators. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Like I'm just saying, man. And it, you know that's not even including what you know. Then we got other draft picks. You get you know you got tight ends, you got running backs. You know, we're not even think, talking about that stuff. And, when, and I, I do think this also allows them at, at some point, I, I, they are going to walk away with a tackle in this draft. Oh, yeah. It may, and it, it could be like we're saying, I, I think our both our dream, both our dream parents is Kenny Pickett and Jamison Williams. I think we can agree on that. But if it's Pickett and a top-rated tackle or, or what have you, again – is it is it like I mean, they gotta they gotta hit on that 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 offensive line though can't have another season release in that bitch. Um but it's another way to strengthening the offensive line because if you're drafting a quarterback, you like the key to that success, I think Joe Burrow is completely an outlier from the normal because he has elite weapons around him and he moves well in the pocket. But what is what is indicative of that success is that he is well protected, right? Yeah. Tehran's gone, um, so if you get a another tackle, you could put that tackle at left tackle, keep Ram at right tackle. You have McCoy at center, Pete. It's going to be Pete at left guard. Like I think we've come to appreciate Pete in like yeah, and in, in a full circle type of, type of moment. Um, and then you you just kind of have that huge hole at, at right guard, which hopefully they either come to their senses that they don't start him or, you know, someone can beat him in camp in terms of 51. But it's huge. I also think that the Saints make a move like this, and I, it's kind of risky, right? I think they kind of – they're counting their, their chickens before they hatch. Thing. Yeah. Because – they see the Sean Payton contract, Sean Payton as an asset. And to them, they're just going, well, we'll trade Sean. We can get two first-round picks. We can get three first-round picks from a team. And right. that's a slippery slope to oh, navigate yeah. through. Because if you listen to, <coughs> listen to that, you know, the dog that man, Stephen Ross was ready to, you know, show his ass to get Sean Payton this offseason, bro, before they, before the Saints said no, um, and they were they were willing to give up first round picks to get Sean Payton, but I do wonder. Let, let's say because it's all it, Sean has to sign off on where he goes to. If there's like this big time, like this gap until yeah. he comes back, I, I think you get diminishing assets. So yeah, I think they think they're playing with house money, but it's kind of a very tricky thing to to operate as well. Right. Like it is his name as high as it is now, a year from now, or two years from now. You know what I'm saying? Like it might not be that high, you know? And then also, you know, it trades like that that comes to, you know, are teams competing for you? Do you got two teams trying to get them? Three? You know, so it's it's hard to know what they can get and what they're going to get in the future. Um, so, you know, it, it you're right. They're playing with house money because they think they're going to get more than you never know. You just don't know. You know, you don't know what Sean Payton's going to do. Sean nope. Payton might got to get 
might get a nice TV contract and be like, yeah, I'm gonna take it year to year. You know? <laughs> I'm good. Like no, Gruden, Gruden always Gruden always wanted to come back, but ESPN just kept paying him every year. Just like, you know, so and he just did that until you know the Raiders just opened the pocketbook. So it's just it's just an unknown. You just don't know with that. I I, I do want to say say this because I you know if you listen to ESPN kind of after the trade happened, um. Everyone seems to think that the Saints did this to move up for like an offensive tackle. Can I just say that NFL an NFL team will not trade up or make this type of move three weeks before the draft for a goddamn offensive tackle? They just won't. It will, will not happen. I'm not saying that one of those picks may not be an offensive tackle because of how the draft board just maybe ends up being, but I can say that they're not making this trade to secure an offensive tackle at 16. No, they're not targeting. There's nobody being targeted. No one at all. So stop listening to the pundits if they're saying that. Please stop. Um, It's for a very dreary fucking offseason. It's been morose. Macabre in this in this part. This is the first time where it's like, okay, and I and I'll say this on record. I'm not not forgiving them about going after 22. That's that no. that that stink and that stench is gonna remain on them, and especially if you like a week or so ago, like a little snippet of his dis- disposition came out, just just nasty, bro. Just. Uh, oh. A nasty human. Like, y'all want that? Y'all want that? I don't want that. Like he was getting asked, like he was like, it's a little weird to drive. Well, you say like an hour and a half away for a massage, and you took your own towel. And like the per, like, I guess the attorney was like, like Deshaun, that's not a little weird to you? Oh no, that's just like, come on. Anyway, I don't even want you down that road again, bro. But that stink and that stench isn't off of them yet. But the move like this. For at least right now, it does breathe a little hope into the franchise and some excitement and some, you know, some some positive adjectives. And we've been we've criticized them about being safe, being conservative, continuity, blah 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 blah. blah. I think they've showed us they they they've shown us in two ways that they're still trying to be aggressive. First was the whole ordeal with twenty two. But this move is showing that, yeah, we may have brought the the same coaching staff back, and I mean, maybe we didn't shake it up a whole bunch in terms of you know, you know, coaching staff. But we are aggressively trying to get better. We would hope that it's on the offensive side of the ball because if it is, especially when it's in. With them being the NFC and the NFC being in the state that it's in, um, all you just gotta do is just get in the get in the dance, man. Just, just get in the dance, and everything can change. Yeah, and you know it's just it, they tell you what they do it, man. Like I said on the last podcast, they operate on must needs and wants. And like I remember in the earliest interviews. All they talked about was quarterback. We gotta figure the quarterback. Mickey Loomis was like, look, we can't do nothing until we figure out the quarterback spot. Like that's been the key for them. They tried to go at the rapists. Um, didn't work out. They backfilled with Jameis. But quarterback is still a must for them, obviously. Yep. And you can you can tell. Like they're they yeah. are telling you it it is a must. So, you know, I appreciate that. Like that just it's just like, look, me personally, like I would have wide receiver like equally on the same thing because I feel like you won't, if you want to evaluate whatever quarterback you get in here, you got to give him some weapons, man. Like I post that little quote from Drew Brees today. Yep. Drew Brees was in New Orleans, like doing his thing, doing his, you know, philanthropy thing or whatever. But he said, put pieces around him. Like, <laughs> He was talking about Jameis, but it's like, 
I just like like look at that Saints like put the pieces around them. Drew Brees is trying to tell you, give that man some weapons. Whether it's Jameis, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, whatever, whoever, whoever. I don't care who it is. Like, you got to give him some weapons, man. Alvin Kamara is going to miss time. You know what I'm saying? You got Marquez Callaway out there. Give me Michael Thomas. Like we need more. We need more. We need more. Go get it. Like go get it. It's for the first time in a while. It's it's a little exciting to be a Saints fan, <laughs> bro. The, the trade happened, and Joey talking about coming <laughs> to Vegas now too, bro. <laughs> go have the whole crew. I hope oh, I'm not. Baby. I hope I'm not spoiling this before they announce it. But they're around the NFL podcast. Don't be out there too, bro. They gonna let us through. We gotta let us through. Just, I'm just saying, like, it's gonna be a good time in Vegas. Hope, regardless of what happens in the draft, it's gonna be a good time. I don't care. Like, like, I want them to have a good draft, but if they don't, like, me, you, Bree, Jay, we still gonna, we still. Gonna well, I'm gonna have fun. Out. I'm gonna have fun regardless. Like, regardless, bro. <laughs> no, it's not even a debate. But if we can get. Bro, just imagine Thursday night, whether we we doing our live pod, live cast, whatever, we doing it from the conference room or we at the, at the draft in the, in the media little area doing it, and they walk away with, like, a Kenny Pickett and, and a Jamison Williams, and then all, all four of us, maybe Mark, Mark Sessler, Joey, all go out Friday, turn up at a nice restaurant, bro. Let's go. This is big. This is big. Um, so, as as Saints fans, I, I'll, I'll say one: please, 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 please know that. Regardless of stop, don't don't pay attention to any trade fucking grades. Don't stop it. Don't look at a trade grade. Don't don't entertain it because you're not going to be able to grade this trade until three or four years down the line. Because I'll tell you this, at the Saints draft, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, what have you, maybe they surprise us. Maybe they go Desmond Ritter. I don't, Ritter. I don't know, right? But they draft whoever this quarterback potentially could be. And that quarterback turns out to be a decent to good or great NFL starter. And the Eagles passed on him. Huh. And then... Everyone was like, oh, the Eagles are, you know, stockpiling picks for next year so they can move up in the draft in case Jalen Hurts is an answer. Then they can draft a better quarterback in this in next year's draft class because next year's draft class is better, blah, blah. I'll say that I won't say this out on this podcast right now. I do not, do not love, I think next year's draft class is worse than this year's. And I know that. That's what, that's what I keep saying. Like, what are they talking about? I know people seem that's a hot take. Oh, you got. Uh, Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud and uh, Spencer Rattler. Like I've watched these players play just from not just even evaluating them, just watching them play. And I'm sorry. And I know it's, it isn't like a thing, but like, I don't, I don't, whatever it is for a quarterback. I didn't, I don't see it when I watch them play. I don't, I don't see it. I think this quarterback class is, is better. So, all I'm saying is that the Saints can get their quarterback in this draft, and that quarterback goes on to be a good, decent, good to great quarterback, and the Eagles fuck it up and they don't get a quarterback, then then it's obvious who wins trade. I'm not saying that's going to happen because on the Saints, we might fuck, they might fuck it up, but there's that possibility. I just want to be able to enjoy, you know, the days after the draft. We'll do be doing a bike podcast breaking down, you know, George Pickens or, you know, breaking down Kenny Pickett, pulling up high school games and, you know, old games he played in college, just breaking them down, just to be able to break down some offensive players and, you know, get excited about it. Be like, okay, we're going to see these guys in the NFL, see what they could do, man. You know, like that's the fun of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that's. Absolutely, like the fun of it, and it's it's been a while, bro. It's been a a while since we've been. The last time we broke down a wide receiver, hey, Traquan, 
Or no, it's probably the wide receiver uh, they drafted in the seventh round last year. Like trying to fool ourselves. I mean, I watched, I watched like two games of him, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, okay, you know, it's a seven wide wide receiver. You got a little little speed or something, you know. I want to be able to break somebody down and get excited, you know. I want, you know what I want, bro? I want on Friday, Friday night, no, Thursday night. I want to, I want to be in the hotel room, have my laptop, pull up YouTube, put on a slow jam. Type in Jamison Williams verses in, in YouTube, bro. Mm. Just start, just start clicking, bro. <laughs> just, just look at it, just being like, yes. <laughs> somebody, said, somebody said he Robbie Anderson 2.0. In uh, my mentions. I can't get over that. <laughs> even, Robbie, the- even Robbie Anderson would disagree with that. <laughs> Like what? Like what? Are you tripping? <laughs> I saw it, bro, and I, I, I had to block it. It's 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 literally one of the worst. And I've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of bad draft takes. That is one of the worst draft takes I've seen in a long time. A long time. Um, he is easily Jameson Williams is easily the best wide receiver in this draft. Um. It's not close, even with the injury. And what lo and behold, if I, I don't have them on my timeline, they're blocked. But if you look what like Dan Blugler or whatever was fucking asses says, like, oh, you know, don't expect Jameson Williams to fall as far in the draft as people think. Like most teams still have him as a wide receiver one. And it's like, really? No shit. I wonder why. <laughs> like, what, like, what are we doing? Like, all you got to do, you just got to watch the games. <laughs> um, we're still trying. I know he's a busy man. I, I, I send up like a follow-up email. Um, we're still trying to get Tony Pauline on this podcast, you know, to kind of do our our yearly, you know, check-in with Tony before the draft because like, Tony got the nuggets, bro. Got the nuggets, man. You know, and, back out there, pandemic over, man. He out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro days. He he got sparrows, like Game of Thrones. Like he getting information. So, and someone even asked me on Twitter today, like, oh, is Tony going to be on the show? I was like, we trying. Like he said yes, but this man is busy. He has like two podcasts. He got articles. He going to pro days. Man's busy. So maybe Tony is not going to be able to join us this 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 draft cycle. But we're still trying. Um, but if we are able to get him on, that would be kind of like a, just a great episode for us to, um, to have, because then we could really get some, get some nuggets and, and things like that. Um, I want to do really quickly hit on, hit on the PJ Williams sign and another one year deal for our, for our dude PJ. Uh, I tweeted this before the huge trade today when, the PJ news came out. I said, bro, PJ Williams resigned the biggest news of the Saints offseason thus far, bro. For real. And I believed it. Like, I wasn't using my curly when I said it either. I was, I meant it. I meant it. Um, hey, not to hear what you wanted. Everybody <laughs> waiting for Tyrone. They're not, they're not signing Tyrone Matthew. It's not happening. Like, <laughs> I think the only way he gets signed by the Saints is if he realizes that he is not going to get the money that he wants. To me, he would have to like literally come to the Saints and say, look, I'll take whatever you want to give me, man. I just want to play. And that's not going to happen. Like, not gonna happen. This is this is essentially his his last big payday that he's going to get at the pro. Right? Like this is his last people, big... He posts some pictures of him in New Orleans. Like he's from New Orleans. Like, yeah, he... <laughs> You're in New Orleans, like okay, like that don't mean nothing, man. Oh, CD Adam, this CD on Adam, bro. Like okay, CD yeah, has like, no power in personnel, no power. No, no, CD almost got tra- traded this offseason, bro. He's almost out of here. Like come on now. <laughs> um, I think that I think that's pretty much it. I I, I will be interested to see because. 
this is one of these things that we've talked about before. Like we don't ever really know because it's always different from what's reported. I want to know how much how much money in terms of cap space the Saints have available to them right now. Just don't know, man. Like you really don't know. I think the NFL PPA number is lower. Uh, something like nine million or something. Um, but we don't know. We don't know what the real number is. Because like Bill Yates a couple of days ago, Pope like tweeted like they had like twenty one million. I don't. I don't know. Like we don't know. We don't know. So don't don't go by don't go by that. If you, you know, if if you can, just don't. We it's it's just an imaginary number. <laughs> just it is. Treat it like an imaginary number. Um, I will ask you one more question before we get out of here. Uh, wrap the bow on things. I'll ask you. I'm glad that PJ's back because it allows more versatility with Marcus Williams being gone. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the full time safety back there now. You know, it'll be him and potentially Marcus May. Like, don't. I know it's like a they they signed who today, but that Evan signing might be one of those low key, like oh shit. I, I, right. I need to go back and watch him because the draft he came out. I don't believe I watched a lot of that draft, um, so I need to go back and look just see who he was as a prospect. Because that yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he's a second round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just interesting to see what. You know, I want to see what I need to go into dig into his history. What kind of injury he had, what kind of prospect he was when he came out. Well, I mean, I might, maybe not, but like, I think Game Pass is like 10 bucks now for whatever reason. You know, maybe, you know, it's 10 bucks. Maybe I'll pay 10 bucks and see how he was in Tampa, you know, for the season or however many, you know, however, you know, me, how much time he had in Tampa. Um, because it could be a thing in theory, right? That it seems it's a like completely like a whatever type of signing, but he could he may play like legit number of snaps is if he is healthy and if he is decent enough. And they've loaded up on defensive line, loaded up. Jaleel so Johnson, a lot, of, a lot of guys. Yeah, Jaleel Johnson. Um, the, the Taco Charlton. Taco Charlton go becoming full circle. <laughs> I remember this draft, bro. I remember this draft, but I remember watching this tape, and I was like, keep Taco Charlton away from me. I did not like him. I was like, not. He was on my do not want list. Yep, he absolutely was. <laughs> Come to find out we were right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got them Shane Rayfields from a man. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Shay Ray, going back a little bit. Shay Ray has a good snap for the Broncos for a little bit, bro. A little bit, man, but he he, he gone now. Gone. Um, but the the last question I I wanted to ask you is, how far do you potentially think Malik Willis can fall? Man, I mean, it's just. Too much smoke about the Steelers, bro. Too much smoke. And man, I'm telling you, man, I watched Mike we Tomlin. Were there. We were the there. Bowl, I watched him. He was in the stands. Then when Malik came out there, he came down to the ground. And they, him and Kevin Colbert were together. I can't remember the podcast I listened to, um, but it was somebody that's always on the road, and they said that usually. Tomlin and Colbert are apart. Like usually, Tomlin, Tomlin is one place and Colbert is another place. But all this offseason has been Tomlin and Colbert together, GM, GM and coach, and they've been watching quarterbacks. And I just watched Tomlin. Man, he was watching. He was standing right there looking at Malik Willis. Man, like looking at him. And when Malik Lewis left. He left. <laughs> yeah, he sure <laughs> did. I remember it. Done. It's like peace out. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I, and maybe that's not, maybe that means absolutely nothing. Maybe I'm just reading into things, but I just got a feeling like that's his guy. He wants. He talked about like before the offseason even started. He said, 
mobility is high on his chart. And, you know, and Malik Willis is the most mobile quarterback in this class. I just think they're going to get him, man. I don't know where. I think they know they have to trade up. I don't know if they're going to trade up, you know, above Carr. Are they going to try to be patient to see what Seattle does or whatever? I don't know. I just I just feel like Malik Willis is going to be on, on the Steelers. I don't know where in the draft. But I don't I don't think he's gonna fall to him. No. But I think they're gonna go get him. I just don't know where, man. Yeah. I could I could really I could really really see it too. Um and I'll I'll say this as a person who strongly believes that Malik Willis is a, like above and beyond the quarterback one this draft, and now that a lot of the draft posturing is over. Everyone kind of has him at the consensus number number one quarterback, and I'm just like, yeah, I, just, I watched one fucking game of him in like February, and I knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. Hopefully, between and we 24 days away from the draft, man. That's three week three weeks and 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 three days. Like it, it will be here before we know it. Uh, we will be in Vegas to experience it. At, um, I do have a goal for our listeners. I know I probably should have said this at the beginning because people tend to not listen to the podcast all the way through. But we currently sit at having 84 Patreons. Patrons oh. on Patreon. I'm oh, sorry, 86. 86. That's beautiful. I am challenging our listeners that between now and the draft, so we got 24 days away. I want us to be able to have 100 Patreons. Or Patreons. Oh. That's four, 14 more. It doesn't matter what you contribute. It can be a buck a month, five bucks a month, whatever. If you have the means to do it, if you're able to, please do. Um, however... That's the goal. So if you're listening to this, if you enjoy this podcast, you've been listening to us and supporting us for our longest time. We just need 14 out of what? We get about 1,800 listeners, right? And so 86 out of those 1,700 listeners listeners are Patreons. So it's like a whole bunch that aren't. So if you're listening to this, yes, I'm calling you out. 14 of y'all, please help us get to our goal of 100. Just a nice round number before the draft. Um, we would truly appreciate that tremendously. Um, but that said, big, big news uh, with the trade today. If they hit it, it's going to be great. If they don't, we're going to have jokes for years. It's a glimmer of hope, man. Like, yes, it is. Like, so, can't hit we can't hear that on the on the left. Uh, <laughs> and when Porter start opening, it's like, oh shit! Oh, okay, okay. Someone, so someone tweeted the funniest shit is that if they traded the, their sixteen and nineteen and to move up to like top ten drafted player, that that player would be called four first, and I just <laughs> about fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> got two first, who first, maybe got four oh, first. Oh, bruh. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Please help us get to the goal of 100 pa- uh, patrons. Uh, that also gives you access to our Discord, which is alive and popping. We're trying to do more with the community's things, although still you know, under construction in terms of the Twitter community things. Um, but thanks everyone for supporting us. We truly, truly appreciate it. Take that glimmer of hope, hold on to it because it might get it might get extinguished very very quickly with this team. So hold on to it. Uh, with that, we're out. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.